Hi everyone, welcome to episode 30 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to Inside View podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If you go back to episode 1 and have a listen, please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast. Uh, we'd mean a huge amount to us, we'd really, really appreciate it. And any interaction that you may have about the podcast, please do tag On The Ball Team Building and do also tag the guest too. And uh, big shout out to our sponsors up there, Mayo GRG Sports, who have been a great help over the last couple of months. Um, they're doing great work up there. They are actually after um, sending out gear to us, which we should have in the next couple of days. Uh, we got brand new beanies. Um, they actually look pretty sleek, pretty cool. Uh, so if, if any of you want to purchase them, we'll have them up on our social media platforms and do feel free to, to contact us and we'll be able to send them out to you in the post. Um, it's actually time now to bring on this week's guest and I am delighted to be joined by the versatile meat man, Mickey Burke, also known as the Honey Badger. The Longwood Man started with the meat footballers back in 2004 and for those who follow him on social media you'd be aware that he's a serious fitness enthusiast one of the very few ga players out there up until 2019 that were playing both intercounty football and hurling um something that we don't see regularly now in the ga and quite possibly might never again see um just i suppose due to the you know demands of of one code now um at intercounty standard but uh, Mickey was uh, was doing it up until 2019, um, and in addition to you know to having a passion um, for training, he also has a love for tattoos, which we'll also del- delve into. Um, um, Mickey Burke also runs his own family pub in Longwood and sells merchandise too, um, such as hurls, tops, gloves, and much more. Hi, Mickey. Welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are things? All good, lad, and yourself, Jamie. Good, thanks now. Good, good, good. Um, how has the last eight or nine months been for you, you know, from um, a personal perspective and, you know, from a business perspective? I suppose it's been, it's been uh, challenging for everyone. Um, like, I'm in, I'm in the pub game, um, public and by trade up here in Longwood, so obviously we've been shut for the majority of it, um, which has been frustrating for publicans. Um, I think we've got kind of a bit of a raw deal on the whole thing but um i i don't want to complain too much because it's been you know it's it's been a pandemic and it's been a, a challenge for everyone so um i still think we, we could be allowed to open and have the right to trade but um from a personal point of view i suppose initially kind of enjoyed the the lockdown it was, there was a little bit of a novelty to it you, you know um but and we got good weather um but you know, after a while, you kind of you, you enjoy, you miss out on little things like social, like socialising, going for a coffee and, and little things like that. But as regards training, nothing really changed. I've always kind of enjoyed doing a little bit on my own and that didn't really stop me. Um, I, I, I kind of ploughed away on my own anyway. And did you always have that gym, um, that kind of that makeshift gym that you do your work in or was that something you kind of developed as a result of the lockdown? Um, no, it was probably something, to be honest, I built up during the lockdown. Um, I would have always been going to gyms from a, from a relatively young age. And then when it's only when you, when you, when something is taken away from you, you realize how much you miss it. And I, I couldn't get to the gyms and I kind of said, God, uh, when, well, well, originally when I heard that the gyms were closing, um, the club were very good to me, along with my club. 
and gave me the barbell and weights and um, kind of set that up out in the yard. But um, I ordered a few bits and pieces on the internet and um, cleaned out the shed and, and, and got it going uh, fairly quick. And thank God I needed it or I'd go, I'd go cracked otherwise. And how, how did you find motivation? Like, did you find it hard to motivate yourself to go out, we say, to the shed rather than going to the, the actual gym? Because sometimes when you're going to the gym, you have that mental switch that, look, I'm going, I'm driving, I'm going in the car. You find it more difficult to walk outside and go training? Honestly, honestly, no. Um, I've always been, I suppose, a little bit of a weirdo when it comes to training, and I've always enjoyed training hard. Um, motivation has never been a problem for me for whatever reason. Why that is, um, I suppose I didn't know if, if the season was going to kick off again after the, the initial lockdown. So I was just trying to take over and, and keep, keep fit. Um, uh, going out to the gym, doing my gym sessions. I actually probably trained harder during the lockdown. I probably went a bit too mad training. I was going running and I was cycling. And, uh, um, you know, I actually probably burnt myself out a little bit. I, I'd say, you know, and then when I went back into the into the club scene, I was, I was tired for a couple of weeks um, because you probably didn't have that structure. You thought you were doing the right thing by training so much, but maybe it was having a negative impact. But, no motivation wise, Jamie was was grand. I just I tipped away as if as if it was um fairly normal. And how was the the sportswear um business going? I, I, that's something you kind of really got on the the internet. We say during lockdown, was it, or was that just before lockdown? Yeah, like the sportswear is going grand. Um, I I I was reluctant initially to go down the kind of the route of 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 socks and just tracksuits because I felt there was a lot of lads doing that and again I like being a bit different I always try to be a bit different and be my own man and that's when I came up with the with the retro jersey uh, that was in my head for a good while um, in Mead so I went ahead and I, I did that I did the blackout gloves which I was I kind of like you know uh, the blackout idea was kind of you know solid uh, dependable kind of idea behind that um, with the colours and everything so They've been going good, um, I, and then I've broken out a little bit now into hurls and slitters, and want to do footballs as well. So I'll never say never to the tracksuit thing, but online orders have been going well because people can't get to shops. So it's been, you know, people people need to get gloves and need to get hurls and and little bits and bobs and presents, and so it's been going good, Jamie. Thank God. It's nice to have that on the side on the sideline as well. And was that something you you started as a result of lockdown, or or? Did you kind of have that in the pipeline before before lockdown? Have you been at that for a couple of years? Yeah, I'd say I'm at, I'm, I'm at the gloves and the jerseys for maybe two years. Um, yeah, it would be it would be two years. Uh, the start of twenty nine. It would be the start of twenty nineteen anyway. Yeah, so coming up to two years, um, I, I I released the, the retro jersey from the eighties. Um, I actually seen Paul Galvin did one fairly similar as well down down in Kerry. So. Um, yeah, and and now just with the COVID happening and and people ordering online, it's just got another bit of a blast. So, um, it's definitely something that I'll I'll try and keep up and has been going well. Uh, thank God. Good, good. It's good that uh that's you know that's still working away in the background and it's, it's a nice little uh, nice little avenue as well to have to to keep working on. Yeah, um, well, I have to I have to think outside the box, Jamie. You know, like I have to think a little bit outside the box just with the whole thing with the pub being closed and. Um, you know, everyone, everyone is thinking about different things. So, um, like you said, it's a nice little, nice little thing to have on the side. 
and I suppose look, we, the, we, 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 we'll ask you straight away. Um, the, the monkey in the room or the elephant in the room. How uh, how did you get the name the honey badger? <laughs> how did I get the <laughs> the monkey in the room? Who said that? Uh, it wasn't Sean O'Brien. It was uh, Sean Sean Cronin, I think. Um, <laughs> I got I made that all. I suppose <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, the, it's the elephant in the room. The elephant, I think, yeah. But, I just um, made a hint that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sean, Sean Cronin, I think said the, said the, the Leinster rugby player. I think he said the the monkey in the room or something. But <laughs> no, the honey badger, the honey the the, the honey badger came around because um, it, it there is there is an animal called the honey badger, and pound for pound, it is the strongest in the animal kingdom. It fights spiders, it eats snakes, it takes on all comers. So I kind of I liked the name, thought it was something different and uh pound for pound i'd like to think i'm i'm i'm, I'm up there with the strongest in the in the ga yeah so did you ever uh i see you probably are yeah compared to others like definitely in, in relation to weightlifting and all that um do you ever meet any other guys and do um training sessions with them kind of test you know p- uh, test yourself against them have you done that no but i'd love to I'd love to. I'd love to call out Keen Healy or a few of the boys and do a squat, a bench, and a deadlift or something like that. Um, I'd absolutely, I'd absolutely love to do that because I, I'd be constantly reading up about what Andrew Porter is is squatting or deadlifting or uh, the rugby guys. I'd be very, very interested in that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be boastful, but I, I, I haven't seen anyone that can squat or deadlift or bench. Uh, <laughs> Anything that I could look, look again, and I'm not saying that in a cocky way. We all have our own strengths, don't we? You know, yeah. like we all have natural, natural things. Some go, like Eamon Wallace, I can't beat him and Wallace in the sprint, and no matter how many times I try, I, it'll never happen. Um, you know, so we all have our, our different strengths in, in football and in sport. So I just seem to have a kind of a natural strength. That's one of mine. And would you be into? Well, I probably think you're probably into some form of this life, but would you be into visualization? Um, you know, kind of training your mindset in addition to training your your physical, you know, training physically. Would you be into developing your outlook in life and all that crack, or do you just is that not something you really work on? I know it is definitely from a sporting point of view. Um, I would always I would always write down goals at the start of the year. Um, I was even looking back at an old diary there. I put it up on Instagram. 2009 2008 writing down goals like you know I was only in my early 20s then um doing that so it was probably a bit it wasn't very maybe specific it was more like I want to be player of the year or I want to be I want to win a Leinster I want to you know whereas now it's maybe a bit more specific um but yeah I would I would visualize different things during games I would the night before games I'd I'd study my man if I'm man marking him I'd I'd think of I suppose from a, a physical point of view I'd try and cut out all the little things that I like I'd, I'd wear studs and people might think this is mad uh, studs in my boots you know uh, so I'd less chance of slipping in a game um, you know obviously gloves if it's wet but you'd be amazed the amount of guys that go out on a wet day and don't wear gloves like it's just it's mad so I'd, I'd try and cut all those things down and then think about my opponent and um, I suppose just tick all those little boxes and if I have them have them done well then I have more of a chance of performing on the day 
And when did sports start for you? Start for you? Uh, the GA was was the GA always something big in your life, or was it kind of something that kind of happened later on in your career? I suppose it was always big for me. It was always huge. Like my father is massive, massive football and hurling man. Like huge. Um, you think of a lad from where you're from uh, on a skull, and you know you think of two or three names, old boys there that are the heart and soul of the club. Well, my father's that man. You think along with you think of Stony Burke and um, he brought. I think maybe under ten or twelve. There was no juvenile nurseries back then. Robert Maguire was another great man. Um, Jerry Ennis, uh, like the, uh, Darren Maguire, a cousin of mine, took us over then uh, in latter years. But great, great club men that, that preached the game and taught us the game. But I didn't know it really at the time. But yeah, I was always going up watching along with training and going to games and mead games. My father still wouldn't miss a game, even to this day. He hasn't missed an All-Ireland final, I think, since 1957 football final he's been to every every single one well he actually won't be going to this one um, but he's allowed that little blank so he's football mad and uh, yeah huge love for me area. born in the middle of the village like so you couldn't get away from it I suppose you know when you're you're brought up as well in that um, you know that bar publican setting you're meeting people constantly all the time you have all guys coming in passionate about the GA you're you know naturally I suppose your love for, for the club and for, for football was, was growing from a young age. Oh, huge, yeah, massive. And like my mother, my mother is the primary school teacher in Longwood. She taught me in baby and high infants. She did her whole stint in Longwood National School and she taught me. So you'd walk down with her um, to school in the morning, then, you know, like back up to the pub. We lived up, we live upstairs above the bar. So the boys coming in, having the crack and talk and, out long with talking about football, but I was a shy gossin. Like I, I, you know, I didn't touch alcohol until I was about twenty-one. Um, I, 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 I was very shy in that front. Um, and again, what working behind the bar can be a nervous thing for a young fella as well. You know, you can be quite shy. Um, boys are shouting at you with a few, few pints on board, and you don't know what way to react because you've never had that experience. So, it was it was character building though at the same time. It was character building. And um, I had a great, I really had a great upbringing in a small village. And then you farm as well, because I, I see on your stories there, you've been moving cows and things. Do you have a farm as well? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have, we have sucklers and uh, we have sheep as well. So uh, you'll be pulling and dragging out of them. We had a lot more sheep years ago. Um, we probably had maybe 400 sheep or 500 sheep. Uh, this is sheep country up here in Mead. Um, so it need to be a lot, lot more sheep than cattle um, or than dairy. But um, yeah, dad, dad obviously was, was really interested in farming. And you were talking about the strength thing earlier. I would have been out pulling around sheep and dagging sheep and lamb and yos. And you were, you were training without knowing it. You were, you were the dog being pointed. Go here, run after that. Yo, run after that. Bullock, <laughs> you know, so you know yourself, but you know the crack. Oh jeez, uh, the, the the offering, the hassle. It's uh, it's actually something that I Mike Ross on there last week, and he um he touched on that, you know that farm upbringing is naturally yeah. you're you're pulling and, and dragging from a young age, and naturally you're building on your strength. Um, I suppose just to give us a bit of an insight into Longwood, I found it fascinating that um, a number of years ago you were down at junior grade, and you went up to the senior grade. Um, 
do you want to give us an insight into that that transition, that move from from junior to, to senior? It must have been a great time for the club for a small little you know small little village. Yeah, it was unbelievable for the club, really. So, like, Longwood is a hurling area. Southmead, as you look at the map, it's like North Kerry. Southmead is is like predominantly hurling. There's a pocket here of, of neighbouring clubs, and it's and it's mainly hurling. So we would have been a hurling area. And Longwood won the Junior C football championship in 1985. My father was actually on it, and a load of the old boys. But they were so they won the Junior C in 1985, and they were stuck in Junior B until 2004. And we came along, a group of young fellas, and won the Junior B in 04. And we won the Junior A in 2009 and the Leinster. And then we won the Intermediate in 2018 um, to go up senior. So we went from Junior B up to to senior. Now, we were too weak probably for senior. Um, but uh, it was it was just an amazing rise, I suppose, Uh to senior football, like if you uh, and we were in, we were in the three relegations before the the intermediate final. Like we were in the last game to survive, or we would have been relegated down to junior A stuff. Um, amazing, like Leicester City stuff. Like it was just mad. It was it was absolutely mad how we won it, and it was just it was brilliant seeing the smiles and on the people's faces in the village. You know, especially such a a small area on the Kildare border, and 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 with so many lads playing both codes. And is there like would there be a big pick? Like would you have a big pick to you know would a lot of people there play football or or would you be lucky to get twenty guys? Yeah, about and 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 like when we won the intermediate in in twenty eighteen, I'd say thirteen of them were playing senior hurling as well. Thirteen out of the fifteen, we might have had two football only. So it was like hurling football, hurling football. That's the way we have to do it. Uh, week on week, you know, it's not it's not two separate teams at all. It's the same group of lads, and that was always the case. And long with you were you were encouraged to to play hurling and play football, and and the club would would not be predominantly one or the other. We would we would we would encourage everyone to to play both as best play both games, um, especially from from kids growing up as well. And what's the um, structure like there at the moment? Is there a big under underage academy structure, or are you just are you kind of lucky to have enough for under under twelves, fourteen, fifteens? We're joined with our we're we're a half parish here. Um, we're we're joined with Klein. Now Klein would we border Kildare right right just beyond our football pitch and coming into the villages County Kildare, but uh, we joined with Klein at underage in Hurling and we're on our own in football. Um. But the village has grown in the last probably 15 years, um, even though we're out in the sticks. Like, we're only an hour's drive from O'Connell Street uh, if, there were, if, there was no, if there was no traffic. So it, it, is, it is, I know that people are, that's probably hard for people to fathom, but we are off the beaten track, but we're close to Dublin. That's what made it so attractive for families coming down and, and people commuting to work that you were out in the country, yet you were close to Dublin. So. We have a few new housing estates, and we'd be hoping maybe, you know, that that them younger kids we can get them involved in the club in the next in the next few years. Very good, very good. It's uh, that's definitely hopefully to be you know a good future there and, and get them play you know football and and hurling. Um, when when did you realize that look, I want to play play for me me. This is something I want to pursue. Um, 
Like, would you have been good underage or were you more of a late bloomer? Oh, I was definitely a late bloomer. I was definitely yeah. a late bloomer. Um, I... Like, I always wanted to play for me. It was always a dream to play for me. But did I know I was ever going to play... Like, long with Junior B when I started off, you know, playing with me. Like, when I think back on it, it's absolutely mad. Um, underage, I was knocking around in the 14s, the 15s, the 16s. Like, I was knocking around the kind of development squads, you know, but I wasn't one of the best um, players or anything like that. It was about under 17, I started kind of coming to me milk a little bit. Um, I kind of got a bit of a run in the team. And um, and then then minor... We played Dublin in the first round of the championship and they bet as well. And uh, I was told I had a, had a really good game in that minor game. Don't, don't remember much about it. But the following winter then, I was called into the, into the seniors. And I believe Sean Boylan was at that minor game. I don't know how true that is, but he used to go to all them games and maybe he saw something. Uh, I don't know, but I had a steely determination to, to, to keep going. Like... I got loads of setbacks. Like I, I didn't make the meet under 16s. I was knocking around the squad. I, I didn't make the 15s. Um, there was an Ireland under 17s. Uh, as I was saying, with, with the meet under 17s, I started doing well, and then I got called to a to a, a trial. Like, and I got for the Ireland under 17s, and I didn't make that. So I got I got loads of kicks in the teeth, but nothing. I never thought of stopping or giving in or giving up um i was highly motivated no one trained me to be like that but just 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 wouldn't give up too handy it was probably an annoying trait as well but it was probably a good one to have so yeah but i was i'd say it was a late bloomer and well, that that motivation must have kind of came from sometime in your youth that you know did you see someone worked extremely hard and then you were like I'm going to mirror, mirror him um, or where you would have been would you have been always just naturally motivated was there something that really kept you going the fire in the belly especially when you have so many um, setbacks yeah like I suppose dad dad would have he was he, he is a hard man like he, he's he praise wouldn't have been easy but I always he had, like one of his catchphrases when he was young was like never give up like it was always never give up or another another nine one used to be was hit him with your shoulder he used to you used to love a good shoulder so he was probably kind of naturally toughening you up and trying to you know um, yeah I, I must have had it in me I must have had a little bit of something in me that uh, I wouldn't throw in the towel too handy and. I do think that kids give up too easy now. And I don't mean to be bashing kids, but I do think there is a little bit if they lose a game or they lose something, oh, we'll go to another sport or we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give up or we know we won't go training. I, I, I don't know why that is. Um, a little bit of that seems to have creep, creeped into the, in, in, into the world for, for whatever reason. But I would have always, you asked about sports people, I would have gravitated towards the less fancy guys or the less um, the more, I suppose the workers more so than anything I don't know what, again I don't know why that is either but I've often thought about that Jamie I, I like I respected and, and appreciated the really really skillful lads but I loved the guy who would who would go out and, and work and and, and uh, you know give it everything on the field Who would you kind of looked up to from 
a young age, you know, every young fella look up to some player in or some person in some shape or form. In GA, who would you kind of merge yourself against from a young age? May, may probably in your teens. Well, when I was very young, it would have been Darren Fay and Mark Riley uh, on the mid team, um, because the two boys were in the full back line and they were they were the closest to me in in proximity, I suppose, in the county. You know, they were from Trim and Summerhill, so they're about fifteen minutes away. Um, so they would have been heroes of mine growing up. They're both from Summerhill and Trim. Um, and as a minor, then seventeen, I, I I'm Kieran McGinney. Um, he fascinated me just with his dedication, his gym work, his his mental strength. His he'd been playing for Armagh for so long and had no success, and yet it just didn't seem to knock a kick out of him. He he just kept performing and kept pushing every year harder. And uh, even when I got to meet him. I met him after a couple of Armagh games and yeah, he was still that. He still looks like he can still play, you know, he's he's a he's a machine. And when did the the gym and, and say yeah, well the fitness probably would have been always there because playing sport, but when did the gym work really kind of um become important for you? Because we say back in the noughties there wasn't much gym work until Tyrone and Armagh kinda of came came on the scene. I suppose it, re- it really kicked off for me when I brought after I broke my leg. Um, I broke my leg. Twenty, yeah, twenty ten. I broke my leg. So, uh, the summer of twenty ten. So it kind of would have been from two thousand and eleven on. I really got big into it. I said I'm going to build my body up here and to, to withstand. Uh, no, I, I know that that's that's impossible to say if you got a bad smack. Doesn't matter how much gym work you do, but I was focused on. Um, getting my body battle hardened for for training and games, and I just just really enjoy the gym. I I really like I, I enjoy it. It's it, I have a nice mix of. Someone said to me before, agricultural strength and gym strength. You know, some boys have it, have one or don't, or or, or the other. You know, some boys I can see Paul Carn in there with me team. Right, he's an absolute beast. He can't get injured. He's as hard as the hubs of hell. He's pure farmer, like, bring him into the gym and he can't bench 30 kilos. Like, he just can't do it. Uh, but then you have other guys who are unbelievable in the gym and they're like Adonis's and then they go out to the field and you give them a little tip and they'll go flying 10 yards. You know, it's, 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 all, about, it's all about having that balance, you know. It, it definitely is something, though, that, that agriculture is strength. You know, you've seen a lot, of, um, a lot of people from a farm background, they definitely have that. You know, you are right. It is something. It's another edge to 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 add to their play. Um, how do you deal with? You know, it's it's mostly very hard. Like when going to gym, um, is grand. You know, you stick it out maybe three or four days a week or whatever the case may be. But those days that you don't feel like going, what gets you to go? Or what what gives you the the shoe up the the that backside that you need, you know, in in those difficult days, or, or when you're getting negative thoughts, you're like, oh, I, I might as well stay here and you know, stay in front of the fire. How do you, how do you kind of motivate yourself to to go during those times that you don't want to go? If you kind of know what I mean. It's well, I suppose. A... No, 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 no. You're right. It's I suppose it's one one thing was probably fear, 
fear that someone else was doing it if I wasn't doing it. Um, like I used to always go training on Christmas Day, I still do, and uh, go for a run or even just in the morning, like because it's a boring enough old day, do you know what I mean? And you go up and do a bit of a run and then you're able to enjoy your food or whatever. But everyone started training then on Christmas Day, everyone started training, and I remember, um. Daley Thompson, he was a he was a decathlete for England. He was an unbelievable. He 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 remembers saying, "Yeah, everyone was training once on Christmas Day." He he ended up having to go twice because everyone now was going on. You know, everyone was training on it. So, um, I suppose the motivation is that someone else is doing it if you're not doing it, and um, the fear of someone else maybe getting a bit fitter than you. And I suppose the second thing is you always feel better after doing it. There's never a workout that you regret when you go out and you do it, um, whether it's a blast for 15 or 20 minutes or, or a run or a sprint. You're showered up and you're ready then. So I've always just had an interest in it. And I suppose for my mental health, as much as anything, I enjoy training. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely important. It's not from even a physical point of physical, phys, it's not even from a physical point of view, it's a mental point of view as much as anything. And how, and how how you found that, you know, at times look naturally everyone, look, we all have, uh, it kind of annoys me people saying that their mental health is perfect all the time because we all have mental health, whether it's good or bad, and everyone has bad days. Um, and everyone can have negative mental health for a couple of hours or for a couple of days. How do you deal with those those times? Um, because I, I'd like to get inside. How, how do you deal with those times? And at those times, probably training is something you don't want to do. Yeah, um, like it's mental mental health. It's it is it is a huge um, topic now for for a lot of people. So, um, like like I'm saying, I, I just I, I feel better after good food, after exercising, after um, getting a little bit of a sweat on. Um, you know, if anyone is struggling, I suppose it's important to to, to talk to people. Um, Thankfully, I haven't had too much. You know, I've been I've been pretty good. Um, I've had a few instances when a lot of it seems to be sport related. Uh, any kind of down moments that I've had, um, bad losses, or you play really you have a bit of a stinker of a game, and you know you hear about these forums and what people are saying, and newspapers can be a bit harsh, and supporters can be harsh. You know, um, you're in a ruthless business in the GA, and people feel like they can have a. a Eighty or hundred thousand a week, um, unfortunately. So, um, but just I just try and stay close to the people that, that care about me and and just just get back on the on the training field and try and right the wrongs of the previous week. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely something that um, it's probably even become more prominent now that you know you have Twitter, you have a lot of people getting bashings on Twitter. Um, you know, I suppose, mm. Back in the noughties and things, it might have been as as big, and it kind of got more and more big over the last couple of years. More and more, it's you know I suppose sports stars are easy accessible. Um, and like I was chat any sports star, I would chat to. They have got abuse online. Um, have you experienced any anything online? And you're like, I don't I don't know this fella at all. Well, uh, uh, Jamie, I purposely stayed away from Twitter. There was a couple of parody accounts going around to me there for a long time, uh, but it wasn't me. Um, actually, the Mead County Board rang me about it because 
your man was abusing Bernard Brogan and he was saying, I'm going to get you, Bernard, and all this stuff. And they, were, they rang me up and they're like, Mickey, uh, are you calling out Bernard Brogan? <laughs> I was like, no, he's that, that must be a parody or something. It was a few young lads in Nav and having the crack, in fairness, you know, like, so you couldn't blame them. It was a good laugh. Um, but no, I'm not on Twitter. I purposely stayed away from Twitter because it's vile. Um, and, like, and like you're saying, I get enough abuse during games, football and hurling games, especially when you're out and you're trying to man-mark the best player in the opposition team. Um, I just, I, I stay away from it. But you can see why, why young fellas, not even, not even young fellas, but anyone in general, you know, if they go into them forums, um, I know the mead one is... I haven't been on it in years now, but I know some of the stuff that's wrote and it's just it's just terrible about about guys, you know. But it gets very very personal, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of counties. Um, so you can see why that would upset a young fella maybe coming in making his debut, and not even a young fella, anyone. Uh, you know, you have to be able to let this like like water flow down your back in, in these instances, but it's not easy when people are giving you hassle. And uh, on field abuse, I say there's a, a lot of stuff goes on, you know, on the pitch. Um, would you be the one giving it now? Or would you be the one, you know, getting the abuse? Um, I'm not going to say that I never did it because that'd be a lie. Uh, I, I'd say when I was younger, I was a bit more gob, gobbier, like I'd, I'd, you know, but now, honestly, I don't. I don't get into it. I don't get into the verbals at all um, because. What I've noticed is majority of lads bark is bigger than their bite, and uh, it's always the quiet ones, you know. So the last eight or ten eight years, I, I I don't bother saying much at all. Like I don't really, I don't get into verbals at all. If I'm going to do do something, I'm probably I'm just going to do it. And do you think that kind of coincides with? Um you know, when you broke your leg about in 2011 and you kind of really knuckled down, do you think that when you knew you were physically and mentally stronger than your, your opponent, you didn't have to get into that? You know, you were 100% fit. You didn't need to stoop to that level. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, I knew that he would not go to places that I would go to. That's not... He wouldn't. He would. He would. He would not do what I. I would do. I just. I just knew that I'd break him, like, and um, I was very confident in that with my fitness, my durability, my mental strength. That um, I'd. I'd get under n- nearly everyone's wick. I'd get. I get it under everyone's skin, and um, I was very confident in that. My mindset was very strong in that. In that regard. Dog in the background. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of we've a couple of new additions here, so sorry if there's a bark. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, <laughs> just onto the tattoos, no, um, Mickey. Uh, look, years ago, there was this perception that look, if you have a tattoo there, you know, you might be a bit rough and all this crap. But thankfully, it's a bit more uh, acceptable now. Um, do you find that from you know when you started getting them? Do you find people kind of looking at you like or? Are you going on a bad, bad route or a bad road? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, convicts, what was it? Convicts and sailors. The only people with tattoos are convicts and sailors. Yeah, I got that one said to me. I got that one said to be a lot. Um, 
Yeah, you would still get a few looks off people with, with the tattoos. Wish dog. Wish dog. Stop. Sorry, Jamie. He's probably going to keep going. Now. Um, yeah, I would. I would get a few looks, but I don't mind really. Um, I don't really mind. I, I, there's something that I've been interested in for a long time and something I've built up over time. But no, I don't get. I don't get too much. I don't get any hassle. Never got any hassle on the field about them or anyone. Don't don't really think so. Don't don't think so. No. And with all the tattoos you have, um, actually, I read something that they're all on the right hand side of your body. Um, why is that? And does each tattoo mean something to you, or do you just put them on for the? Oh, that looks cool. Would they have a deeper meaning? I I started off. The reason why I my sister has has two kids with a Maori. Um, she's two children with a, a Maori man, and the Maoris have sleeves and leg sleeves and stuff like that, and and it tells the story of their life. You probably you probably know this anyway. But um, so that's probably uh, geez, again maybe two thousand nine ten. I started reading up about this, and everything I have is on my right hand side. Yeah, because I I kind of I was going to get half of my body done like the bionic man um tattooed and uh that was my idea there's a boxer michael kessler is his name and he is half his body done as well he's he's um he's a dane i think michael kessler but he fought he fought carol frotch a couple of times but um yeah 90 percent of the tattoos on me have something to do with what i like or where i'm from i have saint michael the archangel um, I have County Mead around my elbow. I have I have oak leaves um, here because Longwood, where I'm from, is is Jarvie, an Irish plain of the oak. I have my mother and my father, coffee beans. Um, I like coffee. I've uh, yeah, loads loads of different uh, bits and bobs on me. So uh, a few quotes that I like, Seamus Heaney. Um, so yeah, they're all, my date of birth is in Roman numerals. You forget half of them. You actually for, you don't be looking at your arm all the time. You know, actually forget how many I have. So, but and I really you, like tattoos. Yeah. Do you have them? Do you like do you have it down half your body, or is it just your arm? Or will you have them in your leg as well, on your leg? And, and... I have my I have my shoulder, my arm. I have a little bit in the back of my neck, and I have my whole thigh, my right thigh, basically done. But I have none on my stomach. Um, my whole my whole right arm and hand and fingers, um, yeah, a little bit on my neck and then my 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 tie and my knee, kneecap was probably the sorest one of the whole lot uh, of all the tattoos I've got done. What the was knee, the, the, knee. the hand like? Very sensitive. The hand was grand. The hand was grand. Uh, it was very similar. My fingers were a little bit. It was a bit different, I suppose, um, but not as sore as the knee. The knee was. I think it's just because of the amount of bone and uh, it was very it's a very bony area so I got a rose on my knee to cover it up and um, yeah it was it was very twitchy now I was sweating during that one looking I suppose looking back over the last 16 years look I know you know you're still playing football and that and I hate asking people this you you know but um, what would you say the highest point of your career today would have been Intercounty career today. Intercounty career. Um, God. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Getting up to Division One, I know, like was was huge for the county in two thousand and nineteen. Um, getting that promotion, that was massive. Um, that was huge. We had a great, we had a few great individual wins um, during the championship against different teams. Um, I'd love to say twenty ten, the loud match, but um, I I had my I broke my leg that game. I know, obviously, wasn't playing, and what happened as well. Uh, playing against Kerry in, in 09 that, that was more so a disappointment that semi-final of the All-Ireland I felt we could have bet Kerry that day but Kerry were there for the taking but um, yeah promotion promotion was really good and just the friendships in general that I've made and the, with the guys in there you know it, it, it's uh, I've, I've friends there for life like you know a lot of good lads in there Donald Keoghan and um, Jamie Queenie Sean Tobin Seamus Kenny a lot of lads over the 16 years that I played with him, just having such a long career, which like no one from Longwood had really played for me before. So that's that's what I'm probably proud of the most. I think it, what I'm going to ask you though is probably very important because a lot of young people, you know, out there wouldn't remember, you know, dual players because you know that kind of something that very few people did over the last couple of years. Um, as far as I know, up until 2019, you were still playing both codes, would I be right? Quite possibly, yeah. There, there's not too many boys around the country that, 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 might, that would have been playing, I wouldn't think. And how, how did you find it? Um, like, w- would you have been training with the, the meat hurlers one night and meat footballers next night? Or how, you know, was there a communication between both managers? I suppose I would have done the majority of me training with the footballers. Um, I would have done the majority of training with the football and then any hurling training that I could have got to I would have went and I would have always been at the hurling wall sharpening up my skills I didn't need running because the football training was so intense gym work you know you'd be getting that done here and there and it wouldn't be you wouldn't be doing massive amounts of it in, during the championship um, so like the dual thing is it's, it's certainly not easy my don't get me wrong. I was I was very stiff and sore at times, and um, recovery isn't perfect. But I still believe that it can be done. And you know, probably the 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 main thing against dual players is the fixtures and time. That's probably the the hardest thing. You know, a lot of the games are fixed on the same day. Maybe maybe not at the same times, but like I've I've absolutely no doubt that the like of Conor Callahan from Dublin could play both codes at the moment and and play really really well. Um, he's he's doing it for Kula in the in the club champs like he's, and it might take someone like him to for people to go right. Jeez, this can be done. And uh, I thought it might actually be done during the COVID there, the COVID championship would have been so short. I thought a couple of more guys might do it, but again, you need you need two managers as well who are open to the idea and are open minded and have an open mindset to letting lads play the boat because managers want want their own piece of the pie a lot of the time and. You know, want want the players themselves, and they're not very open to that. Oh, jeez, no, don't go hurling or don't go playing football. Stay with me. So, it takes two open mind, two open minded individuals to let it to let it go ahead. And it, just in relation to recovery, there, how you've um, how you've recovered? Probably, you know, when you're playing both back to back in the in the middle of championship, it's probably hard to get proper recovery. And but would um, going into the sea be something for you, or or do you ever do that? Yeah, big into the sea, Jamie. Yeah, um, 
we're, we're probably we're probably an hour away from the sea here though but that's that's one of Sean Boylan's big ones like he would have been fanatical about going to the sea big big believer in the seawater if I was closer to the sea I, I'd really go every day but uh, we're an hour away from Betty's down here so um, but yeah I, I would have always been interested in recovery even from you know a young age even though I, I, I didn't know I was doing it I wasn't wasn't beginning to eating too much rubbish and um, food and you know I would have always been getting healthy meals at home from my parents uh, from my mother um, you know ice baths if going downstairs and using the ice maker in the pub and bringing it upstairs and throwing it into the bath that, that's I can remember that back as far as zero five zero six when no one was probably or it was only starting um, getting the old compression pants in 08 or 09 wearing them going to bed so all them little things um, just Again, ticking those little boxes, having a protein shake maybe after the game. You know, does it make that much difference? Maybe not, but it might, and and it's better taking it than maybe not. So, yeah, very good. And uh, in in relation to um, yeah, in relation to that cold water, like I know you say you kind of don't get to it much, like, but would you try to get to see as much as possible? I know you're about an hour away, which is is probably difficult. I was. I, I jumped into the sea when I was down in Kerry there and I had no game. I, I went to Inch. Is that close to you? Five minutes. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, no, myself and the missus, we stopped off there. And um, when we were down in, down in Kerry there a couple of months ago, and, uh, I went for an old splash. Uh, it, was, it was absolutely beautiful on the way to Dingle. So, um, yeah, no, I'd be, we, we, we would go there most mornings after a championship game with Mead. Uh, we would go to Betty's Town. We'd meet at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning go for a, a, a light run and a bit of a stretch and then into the sea. So uh, it's, it's absolutely, it's brilliant. I love, I love it. And then just to touch on, on Sean Boylan there, I remember seeing his, his documentary or Graham Canty, some documentary, I think maybe it might have been about him, um, about he's big into the, the herbs and, and uh, natural remedies. Um, what would be your opinion on that? Or would you be open-minded to that as well? Yeah, I'd be all for it. I'd say that was maybe the documentary on Sean, was it? There was one on him there in the last two or three months. There was it. There was one on RT with him. Um, God, I couldn't. I couldn't speak highly, more highly, really, of Sean. Like he was unbelievable. He gave me my chance. He was a god in mead. Um, but yeah, his herbs. God, we used to drink them every night after training. He'd come with this bottle of jungle juice. We used to call it. I've absolutely no idea now what was in it or, or and like it didn't. It didn't taste great, but um, still. Still got it into me. Um, yeah, he's Sean's a gas man. And never touched the drink, or um, he's still. You want to see him stre- stretch, and he can do the splits. And ga- gas man, but uh, he's like the god, god, godfather of mead football. So he gave me my chance, and I'll always be grateful to that. But I'd, I'd be very open minded to to anything to help improve my performance uh, legally. Uh, playing. Shinty, do you know that? Like, it's I know it's a combination between like um, the Scottish game and, and the Irish game. Do you want to give us an insight exactly what it is? Because I know a few guys from Kerry have played it, and like I, I've never experienced it. I've never actually watched the game. Um, what exactly is it? I suppose first of all. Yeah, it's to be honest. I'm not going to lie. It's probably not the easiest game on the eye to watch. Um, it can look quite boring 
Um, but yeah, Jez, I know a few to carry boys. Lord God, good crack. Um, a tough, a very, very tough sport. Physically, very tough. So basically, it's it's almost like the Aussie rules. Um, they use their stick and we use ours. You can't handle the ball or kick the ball. So you can run with the ball on your stick. You can hit it in the air. You can whip it on the ground. You can lift it and strike it, but you cannot kick the ball or handle it. If you do, it's a free. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 very it's tough, to, very tough to play. It's not easy at all. And they are wizards with their stick. They're they're unbelievable. Like they're they're brilliant. If you give a free 60, 70 yards away, um, they'll put the ball down and they'll just smash it over the bar like like a, a guy teeing off. So, um, yeah, it, it's held up in the Highlands in Inverness. Um, every year it's rotated between Ireland and Ireland and uh, Scotland. So, great, great, great game. Love playing it. Um, I, was, I was brought out to do a man-marking job and one of their, one of their main lads and... It was kind of an it was an ongoing feud there for about five years, so um, plenty of bangs after. God, yeah, we used to, we used to cut each other up something shocking. Like do you know, after the game, then like would you like would you have any interaction with the, the Scottish team, or like would there be kind of a meet up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We do, we do. We I'm laughing because there was a banquet on. In mind, we still talk about it. It was very funny. So the Scottish boys and the Irish boys, we were at table together after the game, and um, I was marking this little guy called Bartlett, Kevin Bartlett. If you even go back and Google the games, he he gets all the praise because he was their main scorer, and I was brought out to do a man marking job on him. But during the game, he pulled across me. He actually broke my shin pad, and I had to get eight stitches. I thought my leg was broke. Um, I got eight stitches after the game. He split me in the shin pad. Oh Lord, the pain of it. But I, I, I soldiered on anyway. And uh, but after the game, he was sitting. Lo and behold, BJ's who's sitting at the same table as me, other than Bartlett, and he has a good few vodkas on board with another Scottish boy. And uh, the desserts came out, and I'm sitting beside my clubmate Damien Damien Healy. We have two of us happened to make the the shinty team. He's a brilliant partner with meat. But the dessert came out. I, I don't really like the dessert. And I, I wouldn't. I said, no, no, I don't want the dessert. I'll have, a, I'll have a coffee. And I could see the two Scottish boys pointing over at me. Go, and Damo was saying, he was saying, he's fucking mad, that lad. He's fucking mad. He's near mad. He's not even having dessert. And Damo uh, must have laughed at us. Now, I was trying to act all tough because my leg was up like a balloon from him after peeling me earlier on in the game but um, yeah the boys are pointing to he's not he's not eating dessert over there so he's not but uh, yeah we got a good laugh out of that so yeah but you would you would the Scottish boys are grand they're they're, they're grand we had good, we had good battles with them it's on generally around November time every year it's a great honour to play with Ireland you know it's brilliant to get picked picked for it and pick, get play with a lot of the best I played with TJ Reid Patrick Horgan Bonner Marr, I ruined with Bonner Marr from Tip. I got to know Bonner, he's an absolute gentleman. So um, it's good mingling with them boys. It's really important that you know you're going to get an opportunity to you know to play with these guys and to meet them as well. Um, but yeah, I know that's uh, that's that's interesting enough about the, the Shinty. And is that the sport over there? Is it called Shinty or is it is it a different sport? 
Yeah, no, it is shinty. Um, it's actually good. Their game is good to watch. It's it's very very. It's like hurling, but they just don't handle it. And it's like hurling and hockey almost. And they're huge big goals. Um, their goals is very big. They don't have they don't have points, so the points is new for them. Um, their goals is very very high and very wide. Um, their goals would be higher than a Gaelic uh, crossbar. Um, but their stick is really long. Like their 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 stick is huge, so the goalie has a huge reach. Yeah, their their sport is called shinty. And uh, I see there I came across somewhere that you played against Kerry this year and Joe McDonough. Um, this podcast now will be out probably the week after the final. So um, what's your feeling on, on Kerry this year? And I know you, you played against, I think you were marking Shane Conway as well, were you? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was man-marking him in the game down in uh, in the Joe McDonough this year, yeah. Um I think they're playing a really nice standard of hurling. Um, re- sorry, a really nice brand of hurling. Um, they're obviously doing great work, Brendan Cummins and and, and the guys down there, Fintan O'Connor. Um, I do think Antrim are the team to beat, though. I think I think Antrim are, are probably a little bit of a step ahead of everyone. Um, and I think Antrim, I'll be surprised if Antrim don't win. Um, but in any games that Kerry and Antrim have played, they've, they've always been close. But I think it's great that the Joe McDonough's on before the, the All-Ireland final and it's in Croker. I think that's a step in the right direction from the GA. Um, it's a no-brainer that it's there anyway. But um, yeah, Kerry has some, have some lovely hurlers. I know it's a football-dominated county, but uh, they really have, have, have some great hurlers there. And um, like us, for Kerry to improve, I think we need to be up in Division 1B it, and Kerry were beaten by, by Antrim in the, in the hurling. So, Antrim have gone up to 1B now as well. So it's another year for us in Division 2. But, but um, yeah, Shane Conway's a fine hurler. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a very talented, very talented little boy, yeah. How, how do you find Mark him? Was he, uh, yeah, were you able to keep up with him? I know he's kind of nippy. Um, definitely a phenomenal, phenomenal hurler. Yeah, it was a very wet day now. So it probably suited me a wee bit. Uh, as well um, it was a blustery old wet day down there and you know I just I just went about my business and, and tried to keep keep him under wraps as best I can um, yeah I don't think he scored from play so that be enough come here I, I've, I've always been thinking about this and I kind of bounce it off a few people um, whenever I see him um, and look it's obviously the, the talk out there at the moment what do you think needs to be done to it's probably going to come out wrong now, but kind of to level the playing field in Leinster, um, because you probably have a pocket of three or four teams that are constantly, you know, competing against each other. But then you have Dublin, who are dominating Leinster, and they're arguably dominating the All Ireland series as well, more, 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 more or less. What can be done? Um, well, firstly, I'll say that. I'm not going to say it's going to happen anytime soon, but every empire does fall. And we're looking at probably one of the best teams of all time in the last 10 years or so. I do think that the team is evolving. I think the team is changing. They're constantly bringing young lads through. But people forget in Leinster from 1985 or 86 until 2001 or two, Dublin couldn't beat Mead. Um. You know, so what I'm trying to say is everything goes in cycles. Um, now, 
I do think that a little bit of Mead and Kildare, we have to improve and stop moaning a little bit. I think that, you know, everyone has to up their game a little bit um, and stop feeling sorry for themselves. I still I still don't think we should be getting bet by 20 points. I really don't. I think we're better than that. But to level the playing field out a bit, you know, if you stop and you think about it, the All Blacks are sponsored by AAG. And they're probably in the top three teams easily recognisable in the world. You know, you have the All Blacks, you maybe have Man United and you have uh, Barcelona or something like that. So the All Blacks are sponsoring, or sorry, the AAG are sponsoring the Dublin senior football team. Like, you know, forget about Mead. What about a Wicklow footballer or what about a Leitrim footballer? How is he? I have great, mo- I, I'm not in any way putting them guys down. There's, there's footballers there that are better than me or better than, there could be individual footballers that are better than lads in Kerry. But how are they have a chance to, to win a, a Connacht medal or a, or a Leinster title? How, how do you keep a Wicklow footballer motivated this year? Coming up after Mead bet Wicklow out the gate and Dublin bet Mead out the gate. You know, there is, there's a structural problem there with the, with the way that the Leinster is, is um, the Leinster competition. I, I don't know, it could be structured better, but there has to be something done a little bit with the funding. It has to be evenly distributed out uh, within the GA and Leinster, I think, uh, and Ireland. And do you, do you see yourself, you know, when... Um... I suppose when the lights turn off, you know, in relation to, to you playing sport, uh, do you see yourself um, going into management or coaching? I think you probably will stay in GA, just having, you know, speaking to you the last last while. I think it'd be, it'd be hard for you to part ways. Yeah, like I've been, like I've been in a bubble, like for, for, for years, really. Um, yeah, I, I, I do, I do a bit of coaching. I did a bit of coaching here underage and along with for a long time and obviously it's very, very hard to do it when you're when you're playing both codes and county and club and everything. But yeah, I'm studying to be a nutritionist as well and I have a huge passion for food and and and, and fueling the body and preparing and so that that could be something if if not coaching, you know, working with an elite team, like it'd be it'd be cool to be working with the Irish rugby team or you know, the Mead senior football team or, or or whatever in future years and having a business like that. But coaching is definitely something that interests me. I'm I'm constantly looking at, you know, puck outs and hurling and uh, defensive shape. And when the ball is down one end of the field in football, I'd be looking at the other end. What is the defence doing? What is what's the defensive system like? What's the man marking? Um so yeah, I I I I I won't say I won't because there's a good chance that I'll I'll I could coach in the future. And I suppose it's another point you you kind of just said there that you'd love to kind of say be perhaps be a nutritionist for a sport, even not the GA, you know, perhaps the rugby or or something like that, because you know you see she likes in the McNulty went working with uh, Irish rugby guys, you know, so it, it's great to see the cross the cross communication between sports as well, because it's great to see that one sport learn from the other. Big time, yeah, and yeah, like you can't have to, you can't have a closed mind in this thing. Like you have to be open minded. Like basketball is becoming basketball defense is becoming huge in the GA. There's a lot of correlation there between the two. 
like I really like rugby league and, and boxing. I'd be I know a, a good few of the boys in rugby league from in England from from uh, social media and that kind of thing. And you know, I'd be I'd be open to I've they've actually asked me over to go over and watch a few trainings or get involved in a few trainings and, and why not? Will I do it in, in a few years? Definitely take up them them invites. Um, again, different sports. If it can if it can help you or it can help your club or your county or whoever you're involved with, you you know, you shouldn't turn your nose up to that. That'd be a great opportunity to, um, you know, to go across the pond there to uh, uh, England and throw your hat into the rugby league and just see what it's about, you know, understand the game more and you wouldn't know what could come from it. Yeah, like, I know that, um, like, well, rugby union, I know it's, 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 it's kind of it's well. It's not the same, but like Sean Edwards will be a rugby league legend there in, in in Wigan Warriors, and he's gone to different sports. And I'm sure you could use uh, the defensive systems from from league and and just different kind of tackling techniques. And I, a league is my favourite sport outside of the GA. And you know, like the Wigan Warriors, a couple of the boys have said, "Come on over and watch us train." And geez, I'll definitely take up the the opportunity in in in, in a couple of years. Absolutely. Just that be that's definitely that's class. That's definitely something you know should be should be taken to quickly. Um, I got a question in there, Ron, um, and probably something I was going to ask as well. What, in your opinion, do you know? I suppose to have been part of a team environment, and you know, as years go on, you're going to be the older fella there. And what do you think can be done to, you know, make younger people, younger players, feel more more welcome? Um, I, I know years ago. It was probably a case of nail the young fella as hard as you can, and he'll he'll settle in. But now it's probably a bit different. If if you get me, um, what can you see? What do you think? You know, throw, from your experience, can be done from a player perspective to to welcome your guys to the panel or to the team. I suppose just welcome them, um, because you'd be amazed the amount of times that you go into a dressing room and no one will say anything to you, and um, going over and just saying introducing yourself and like if you're an experienced player go over to a young fella it might be his first time in the dressing room he could be completely overawed he could be very intimidated shake his hand ask him how he is what's your name uh, nice to meet you and then just go from there build, build a friendship from there that's what I would have tried to do um, definitely in the last well well, almost from the word go, I would 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 try to be friendly anyway. But um, just think, even thinking back to my own um, initial when I was called into the Mead squad, Niall McCaig from Navan O'Mahony's come over, and Niall would have been a really good cornerback. Would have played for Leinster. Would have played for Mead for a long time. I just remember him introducing himself. And um, now he might have, he probably he doesn't remember that at all. And it was probably a very small thing to do, but I remember it and. Um, it's just it's little things isn't it like that 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 will help a kid coming into a squad um, how important do you think you know you, you've been a part of a lot of teams now you've been part of hurling teams football teams um, and you represented your country uh, how important do you think uh, having a good team culture is and how do you think culture can be you know how it can be improved in a team I think culture is hugely, hugely important. Um, 
you know, Brian Cody talks a lot about spirit. Um, it's not that easy to, you know, it's 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 not that easy to build at times. Um, I remember Liam Harnan, he was mid footballer, he used to play centre half back. He used to always say, you don't you don't necessarily have to like everyone in here, but you have to get on with it and you have to be a team once you go out in that field. Um, but I think that the more the more the more you like a lad, the more you socialise, the more you get to know him, the more you're likely to kind of burst a nut for him out in the field, you know, and give it everything. Um, like culture, there was a, there was a load of photos going around there for a while of every, everyone was sweeping the sheds. Remember the All Blacks were going around yeah. and everyone was sweeping the sheds and, and, and cleaning the dressing room. And this one was going around and the next thing there'd be a lovely clean dressing room and there'd be... I just thought that was all, like... that. That's cool. If you do that every night, if you do that every night in the winter and the cold and in the summer, and that's fantastic. Um, I think culture is built up over over time and by the quality of your training and by what you do. The the two hours of training is easy. What do you do for the other twenty two hours? Um, do you do you are you eating the right things? Are you getting your sleep in? Are you are you doing your gym work? Are you doing the little things that people don't see? Um, but yeah, you try and I, I try and learn from the best teams what are they doing, what what are the All Blacks doing, what are the the guys that are setting the standards doing, what are what are Dublin doing? Why, why not? Like, just because I'm from me doesn't mean that I'm I'm again I'd be open minded and I want to know what they're doing. How are they getting the best out of themselves? They obviously have a great culture there. There's no doubt because they're constantly hungry. They're very humble. Um. And they're winning. They're constantly winning games. And just before we um, we wrap it up, there, I just want to, to ask you. I know you're running your your family pub in Longwood. Um, uh, I hear there's a very good point of Guinness there. You're more than welcome anytime, lad. The <laughs> chances. I uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I I saw an interview there from the Guinness Guru. Um, I think it was on YouTube. Um, oh yeah, but uh, no, it, it looked. Uh, it looked. Uh, it kind of caught you on the spot, as I did it on the hop. No, I warned him. I warned him. Now, if he was going to put up anything bad about it, he was going to be in trouble. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, uh, yeah. Come here. I I know you kind of touched on it already, but if you would have had a chance, you know. Um, Okay, so you played in the county six years, uh, sixteen years, um, and hopefully m- many more. Um, but if you could, you know, uh, train under a certain manager, who would that manager be, and why? Um, obviously, bar you know people you've trained under already. Oh God, that's a hard one to answer. I don't know if I can answer that. Um... Jeez, I don't know. I was probably too young for Sean. Do you know? I was, mm. I was, I was, I was really in awe when I was in with Sean. I was only eighteen, nineteen, and I only had one year of him, um, because he obviously retired. Then, um, God, it's a that's a hard question to answer. Like I, I I've always, I, I'll take a little. If I go into management, I'll take a little bit from everyone. Um, I do, I do believe though that man management is very important, and to have players wanting to play for you and, and players just want honesty and they want you to be up front with them and not to string them along. Um, 
so I think I think that that that's a key for manager. I can't answer you on off the top of my head who was who was the one I'd like to. I, I have good good experiences from the mall and tough experiences from the mall as well. But um, I think that's one thing that if anyone is getting into management, be be honest with your players and be be upfront with them. Um, that would certainly go a long way. Be a good man manager. You can see Klopp the the reception he gets off his players. Like it looks like the players really want to play for him. Aside from you know, being with a big club and, and playing in big games, but they, they really, really seem to have a real good, as you said, culture and spirit there at the moment in Liverpool. And he's he's changed that around completely. Um, same with Jimmy McGuinness, even when he was with Donegal that time, like, sure, geez, Donegal in 2011 were the biggest pissheads, you know, this side of the moon. So, and they, and they completely, you know, which they were, and they'll admit that, to, oh, sorry, 2010. Um, and again, Dave just brought into something, believed in him. Um, he, his training was tough, but he was a good man manager. And, you know, it, it, the, thing, the thing turned around for them. And uh, on that note, um, I will, I'll wrap it up there. Look, thanks very much for, for taking time out and, you know, coming on Inside View podcast. And look, best look with everything going forward, Mickey. I appreciate it. And um, hopefully the... the Nutritionist will, will go well for you, the training for that, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you in the international setup or somewhere in the, in the future. Jamie, thanks a million, lad. Thanks for having me on, and uh, really appreciate it. Best luck to yourself, and you're more than welcome to come up and trade again someday. Perfect. Thanks a million. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Mickey, an absolute gent, very down-to-earth guy. Um, I think we got a fascinating insight into his mindset, what makes him tick. And you know, he's uh, definitely has a massive love for the gym. And again, look, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank him for taking time out to come on Inside View podcast. Um, hard to believe we're on this is actually episode 30. Um, quite amazing to be honest. You know, 30 weeks ago we started this, not thinking it'd, it'd get past five episodes, but uh, the uptake has been excellent. Um, uh, something I'm extremely grateful for um and proud how we've been moving in you know in the right direction it's it's tough but look we'll keep going we'll keep plugging and keep putting content out there um and keep getting interesting guests on that is all from us on this week's episode of an inside view podcast please do get in contact with the show if you have any stories from part of a team whether it's a sports team or a corporate team please do let us know don't worry everything be kept confidential don't forget rate review review tell your friends family whoever may know about an inside view podcast and go follow us on our social media channels be kept up to date with everything we are doing over at on the ball team building we actually have beautiful merchandise on sale and new beanies also on sale relatively soon so be sure to follow our social media channels to see what they're like and we would be delighted to send some out to you um they're actually very well priced as well so be sure to to keep and I and all that so over on Instagram uh, it's at underscore on the ball team building or on Facebook on the ball team building over on Twitter at we're on the ball two that's the digit two over on LinkedIn we have a group there it's on the ball team building and over on TikTok it's on the ball team building also have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week when we have another exciting guest on till then do stay safe and remember cred in a thin talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening